Won't be long today, though. If you can stay awake for another half hour, we'll be out of here. Podcast on, we're good? Back to the basics. We're talking about faith today. You hear that feedback? Can you mute the other mics, Anthony? There we go. Back to the basics. We're talking about faith today. What could be more basic than faith, right? You had to have the faith to believe to even be saved, right? We're, we think of salvation as, as being basic, but we have, to have, uh, we have to have faith to even believe in God to, to believe that he's real or that he is God, that, that we should be saved or that, that we're wrong and we need to be saved. So, um, and God dealt that measure of faith through the Holy Spirit, right? We, we taught that last week. Um, the Spirit comes to convict and to convince, to convince you that he's the one true living God, right? Because without the Spirit coming and convincing you, no preacher could ever have the words to say that, that he's God and that he's real. That would sound like a, a, a tall tale or a, 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 tall, a tall story. So um, Romans 12.3 says that God dealt to every man the measure of faith. Hebrews 11.1-3. through 3, I have a lot of scripture today for you because I want you to see this in the word. Hebrews 11.1-3 says this. Now faith is the substance. We're right there. So faith is a substance then, right? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So if you have this substance, it's the evidence of the things that you can't see just yet, but you know that it's there. Are you following me? So faith is a substance. And two says this. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And three, <clears throat> by faith, we understand that the words, that the worlds were formed or framed by the word of God. So God spoke and the world came into existence, right? God spoke, God said, let there be, and bam, it happened. That's your big bang theory right there. So that the things which were seen, which are seen, were not made of the things which are visible. So he's not just talking about that. Obviously, there's more than just salvation. He's, he's naming off about three things right here, right? So there's over 3,300 promises in the Bible that, that are ours through our faith. We have to use our faith to get them. So talking about faith here. So it's already paid for, right? You can't earn the 3,300 promises of God. He's given it to you. It's free of charge, but you, it, it's a gift, but you get it through your faith, right? Jesus deposited these 3,300 gifts. God, God gave them to us back in Genesis, but, but man lost them through sin. But when Jesus came and died on the cross, he paid for us to be reconciled with God. You all are a somber bunch, somber bunch today. I know I'm a little bit tongue-tied this morning, but we're going to get it all lined out, and I'm going to expect a few amens and hallelujahs, and, and let's get going here, right? So Jesus paid, for, paid the price for us to be reconciled back to God on the, on, on the cross so we could be reconciled back with these 3,300 promises that our Father said belonged to us. Are you following me? So, so he says he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, right? It says our Father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not just a few things, but all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Matthew 6, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So he's saying that he's going to provide everything that you're ever going to need. Right there, right? So he says, By his stripes I am healed. Right? I was already healed because he was beaten over 2,000 years ago. All I have to do is, is receive it. Right? Are you following me? Yes. So no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Bible says. I'm talking about all the promises in the word of God. These are just, this is just a little sample of them. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It says I haven't been given the spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right? It says when the enemy comes against me like a flood, he'll rise up his standard of protection. Are you following me? I'm just talking about a few of God's promises, a few of my favorite ones of God's promises, though. But I have to receive it through faith. Yeah. Right? And everybody knows what this is, right? You all probably have one of these. Everybody has a debit card, right? You go to work for an employer. Most of us do. 
They, they do a direct deposit or give you a check. You take it and you put it in your bank account. And when that, when that, when that money's in the account, you know that it's in the account because you get a text sometimes. You get on your, you get on your Googler and you look on your, on your little app or however you see how, your, how much money you have in the bank. And you look in there and you know that you have money in the bank. So when I know that there's money in that bank because I've, I've earned it, I can't, earn the, I can't earn the promises of God. But when I know this has already made, there's already been a deposit made into my account, I can with confidence go to the bank or the store or anywhere I want to and make a withdrawal by swiping this card, right? This is my faith. It's a substance. This is a substance that ties me to that bank account. Does that make sense for you? So I know that that money's in there because I have a statement showing me that money's in there. We know that those promises are there because we have the book. We have God's word. He tells us that these promises are all there and they belong to us. But we've got to have faith to go make a withdrawal. Does that make sense? All right. Let's move on then. So in Matthew 9, 28 and 29 says this. And when, he, and when he had come into the house, who's he? Jesus, right? It's capital H. When Jesus had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? So these blind men came to Jesus wanting, to, wanting their vision back, wanting to be healed. And he, the first question he asked him is, Do you believe that I can do this? And, and, and they said to him, Yes, Lord. And 29 says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you, right? According to whose faith? Your faith. It wasn't because Jesus was a good guy. It wasn't just because he was a good guy. And it wasn't just because he was the son of God, but it was their faith. It required their faith to receive their sight back. Are you following me? They received their sight because of what then? Because of the substance of their faith, right? They pulled out their thing and they made a withdrawal according to their faith. Are you following me? So, in Hebrews 11 and 3, it says the world was framed by his words. The world, we just read that. The world was framed by God's world. So God created the whole earth by saying, let there be, right? He, he took his faith. How many know God's got great big faith? Whatever he says goes. Because he takes his faith and he combines it with his words, right? And then whatever he says, he's knowing he's going to have it. Are you following me? It happens. It happens just the way he said. So he created man in his image <clears throat> after his likeness, Right? So image means that we look like God. We, we may not all, we all look a little bit different, but we have arms and legs and in that image like that, right? But with a likeness means we operate like God, right? Because in Genesis 1, he said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. That means we operate like God does. Now, how did God create the world, the earth? He spoke, right? He knew that it would happen when he spoke it, and then he spoke it, and then bam, it happened. Just like that. Right? It was the substance that he had. He already knew that he was going to have this. He already knew that it was going to happen. In Mark 11, 22 and 23, it says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Come on, have trust in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever or whoever, that's King, I want King James on you for just a second. This is New King James. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Now, was this a mountain they were talking about here? You all have read this, right, in, in, in the book of Mark they were talking about a fig tree, right? They weren't talking about a mountain. This is, he's, he's not talking about a mountain here. He's talking about a fig tree. And I'm going to show you another example of this later on. So I, I just wanted to point that out to you. He's talking about a fig tree. Be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So you can't have doubt. You have to have faith and not doubt in his heart, but believes, right? But believes that those things he says will be, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Whatever he what? Whatever he says. So when you take your faith and you combine it with your words, what's he saying here? He says you're going to have whatever you say you're going to have, right? He was talking about a fig tree. And when he, when he used his faith combined with his words, 
It was already done. He had confidence. Just like I have confidence I can go to the bank today and pull out 100 bucks if I need to because I know how much money I have in the, in the bank, right? Sometimes if it gets close to the funds, though, right, we have a little less confidence. You follow me? If it's a bigger amount, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I have exactly that much in there yet, and I go to swipe my card to make a purchase, I have to go check first. That's where a lot of us are living at in our faith. Are you following me? I'm using the debit card today because it helps to make sense when it's something that we can see in the natural. So to be saved, we have to believe with our heart, and we have to speak with our mouth, right? And then what happens? We receive salvation. So you have to have faith plus your words equals done. You didn't earn your salvation. No one in here earned their salvation, right? It was a free gift from God. But we had to believe it in our heart, and then we had to speak it with our mouth, and then it was done. It's already done. It was paid for a couple thousand years ago, over a couple thousand years ago. So we do that to receive, to receive our salvation, and we can't earn our salvation. Here's another example in the Old Testament. When Joshua took over, um, leading the children of Israel after, after um, Moses died, right? They went up there. They were going to take over. One of the first cities they were going to take over was Jericho. Jericho was a fortified city. They go up, and, and Jericho was on top of a hill. So I studied this out a couple years ago, and what I can remember it of, they were in a flat land, and the, and, the, and the city was up on top of the hill. So there was one hill at the bottom that was about 12 feet high. Well, the second hill they talk about that looked like it reached up to the sky was up on the hill, and, and the top of that wall from where they were standing on, on the hill or on the, on the flat ground below was 40 feet. Can you imagine standing there on the ground and looking up four stories straight in the air? It looked overwhelming. Are you following me? And so he told them to go out there. God said, go out there and take these people and walk around. You all know the story. Walk around this city six times. Don't say anything. Walk around the city six times. On the seventh day, I want you to blow. And the priests were in the front. Right. And, and, and on the seventh day, I want you to blow your trumpets and I want you to shout this for everything that you're worth. And, and I'm going to give you the city. God had already given it to him. They didn't earn it. It was a free gift. It was already theirs. Right. So God already given them the victory and God already gives us the victory. But in Joshua six and ten, it says that I give you that one says it says now Joshua had commanded the people saying you shall not shout or make any noise with your mouth. Don't say a word. Don't talk. <clears throat> make any noise with your with your voice nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you shout then you then you shall shout so he's telling them, you shut your mouth for the first six days I don't want to hear a word come out of your mouth why do you think this was don't you think when you're walking around this big city looking up at it and they knew that there were giants inside this city they'd carried out poles the grapes on poles they knew there were giants in there and they knew that they that they were like grasshoppers in their sight they'd heard the reports from before you think that wasn't common knowledge of what happened it was written in, in the word of God so it would have been easy to say, man, that wall looks tall. Man, that looks overwhelming. If we try to rush this wall, they're going to kill us. How many of us are going to die in this attack? You get what I'm saying? It would have been easy to say those things when you could see this big giant wall in front of us. But God had already given them the victory, just like he's already given us the victory. So the story goes on, and they walked around six days. They didn't say a word. On the seventh day, they shouted. And the walls fell flat. Actually, when you study it out, they found, they found this city, and it says that it, the walls fell out like a ramp, so they were able to walk right over them. That's the way the, the, the rock and the brick or whatever is laying there today is like a ramp, so they were able to walk right over this wall because God had given it to them, right? You say, preacher, I don't know, I don't know where you're from, but my faith doesn't work that way in my life. It doesn't work just like that, whatever I say I get. So, so how do I get this to work? And, and I need to tell you today that it didn't always work like this for the disciples either. Because in, in 
when Jesus sent them out two by two, they healed some people. There were some people saved, and there was people healed, and there was demons cast out. They did works of God, right? But when they came upon a young boy one day that the demon was, had a hold of him and was throwing him on the ground, and he was convulsing and, and trying to throw him in a fire and trying to kill him, and, and all these things were happening. In Matthew 17, 20, it says they, they couldn't cast this demon out, so the boy brought his son to Jesus and said, Why can't your servants do this? They've healed these other people. They've done these other miracles. Why not mine? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. It's because of their unbelief, because they had doubt. They were saying the words. Church, sometimes we're saying the words. Sometimes we're trying to walk the walk, but we don't believe what we're saying. Our faith isn't there yet. Are you following me? Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. There's that word mountain again right there, right? He's not talking about a literal mountain. Right? He was talking about casting a demon out. Right. You would say it looked like a mountain before him, though, because it was insurmountable. They didn't know how to get over it. They didn't know how to get around it. They didn't know how to get under it. They wanted to get under the table. You ever feel that way, like you want to get under the table? Yeah. You would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is Jesus Christ talking. This is not some crazy, bald-headed preacher. This is Jesus Christ. Nothing will be impossible for you if you, have, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, if you take your faith and you combine it with your words, right? I'm going somewhere with this. Don't fall asleep on me just yet. So, so it's because of your unbelief, right? They were talking about a fig tree once, and they were talking about a, a, a demon-possessed boy. So Mark 6, 4, and 5 says this. <clears throat> but Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own country. They're talking about Jesus Christ himself, right? He was talking about himself. Because he, he goes on to say here that said, among his, uh, a prophet is, without, is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. And five says, <coughs> how he could do no mighty work. Who could do no mighty work there? Jesus, right? And why couldn't he do any mighty work? Let's read on. Do no mighty work there except that he laid, uh, laid his hands on a few sick and people were healed. So he could do no mighty works. Why? Because they didn't reverence him, right? He had no honor because there was unbelief. There was unbelief because instead of saying, oh, this is Jesus Christ. This is the son of the living God. I know that he can do it. I have faith. I have confidence that he can do it. I'm going to take out my card right here and make a withdrawal. I'm going to be healed. Jesus Christ is here. Yeah. Instead of being like that, they were saying, we know his brothers. He just lives down the road. He ain't nobody. We've known his mom for years. Who's this guy think he is? Are you following me? So they had unbelief in him. So even it didn't even work for Jesus Christ himself when there was unbelief. Are you following me? So Jesus talked about great faith in his ministry. Jesus talked about little faith in his ministry. Jesus talked about unbelief, right? God gave the faith, though. God gave every person the measure of faith, it says. And God's no respecter of persons. So then why do some people have little faith and some people have great faith and some people have unbelief? Why is that? If God's no respecter of persons, why can my faith be greater than yours or your faith be greater than mine? Think about it. Think about it. Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Notice how they say hearing there twice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, right? Faith comes through a relationship with God, right? So who do you hear the most? Who do you hear the most? You hear yourself the most. Because I can hang out with Brenda most of the time, and I hear her. But then I go to work, and I hear Winston. And sometimes I hear Tony when she comes to work. Sometimes I hear Brother Stefan. But in all those conversations, I hear me. 
Are you following me? So we hear ourselves the most, right? So, so, so we need to get this fixed and what we're talking about and the words that are coming out of our mouth, right? And maybe some people that we're hanging out with, maybe some people that we're talking to need to change because we need to have those conversations, ongoing conversations about God and about God's word and about what God's doing in my life. And when I'm talking about those things ongoing, I grow my faith, right? I'm responsible for my faith. I'm responsible for my faith. And Luke 6.45 says this. Luke 6.45, you don't have? I got it. Somewhere. Here we go. Luke 6.45 says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. That word forth right there, I want to give you a definition. The word forth right there means to bear forward, right? Or to fling forward. So if you have good treasure in your good heart, you're speaking words that are putting things out in front of you. Does that make sense? Putting things out on the path in front of you that you're going to want to come in contact with later, right? But it goes on to say, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, right? So whatever you're putting in your ears, whatever you're saying goes directly down into your heart, and then what happens? Comes out of your mouth, right? Right? So Deuteronomy 30, 19 says what? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So whatever you're saying, you're going to have. You're going to have whatever you say you're going to have. So whatever we're saying, we're gonna, it's going to produce more of it. And whatever we're talking, that's the kind of people who are going to want to talk to us. Does that make sense? If I'm talking trash, trash talkers are going to want to talk to me. If I'm talking about God, my relationship with him, and my testimony and what he's done for me, then Christian people are going to want to talk to me. I'm going to feed on more of that, right? So which one's going to be stronger, my fleshly man or my spiritual man? Whichever one I feed. The answer is whichever one I feed. It's up to us which one we're pouring into. So often we say we're believing for something, though. We say that we're believing for this. I'm believing for this or I'm believing for that. I'm believing for healing right here. But my words tell a different story, right? I can say that I'm believing for something while I'm sitting in church. But then when I walk out, I say, oh, my back is killing me. It really hurts bad today. My foot really, it's just killing me. It's really, you may not feel well. You may not feel well, but we have to watch how we talk, right? Because whatever we're saying, that's what we're going to believe. And our faith, believe it or not, your words work, either for you or against you. Your faith works either for you or against you. What are you building your faith in today, church? What are we building? I'm not standing on a soapbox talking down to anybody because I'm as guilty as the next person. We talk out of both sides of our mouth most of our life. True faith would be positive confession all the time, right? Right? If I have money in the bank, no doubt I can go make a withdrawal. If I have faith in God, no doubt I can speak it into existence. If it's in God's will, right? I can't say that I'm going to win the Powerball and that's going to happen, things like that. But, but my basic needs, you get what I'm saying. The things that I need, the things that God's provided for me, they're all, I don't need the Powerball because I'm provided for anyway. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart. In the heart, not in the head. It doesn't matter about the head, it's the heart. Too often, though, we're following our head. We're busy with our mind. Your faith is impacting your life. Did you hear what I said? Your faith is impacting your life. Not my faith, your faith. Your faith is impacting your life. Believe it or not, it is impacting your life. The problem is that most of us are in our heads, though, right? And I said this in the men's group this week. We talked about our priorities, and I asked a question. What do you think about the most? 
Think about it. You know, I don't, I'm not expecting an answer. It's a rhetorical question today, but you know in your head, what do you think about the most? What do you talk about the most? What do you pray about the most? What are you asking God for, right? What do you do with your time? Because we all have time that we can spend with God. We can spend more time with God if we wanted to, because the truth is, we do what we really want to do. We make time. If there's something that I really want to do or I really want to get done, I make time for it. We all do. We do what we really want to do. Galatians 5.18 says, talking about, I'm still talking about being led by, in your mind, because a lot of times we're led with our mind and we want to be good Christian people, so you know what? We try not to break any rules. We try to earn being good. We try to earn being good enough. But Galatians 5.18 says, be led by the Spirit, and you're not under the law, right? So your spirit is in your heart, right? The Spirit speaks to me through my spirit, right? The law is in my head. Does that make sense? If I'm not careful getting into my head, it'll, it'll get to where I can't make it at all, right? It, it becomes legalism. It becomes legalistic. So we know, we, we know the components of faith then, right? Everybody we've talked about today, right? Faith is a substance. Here's my substance right here. I know when I have my substance, I can go make a withdrawal. Faith is a substance, right? I can't see the cash just yet, but I know when I plug this in that machine, it's going to come out. Right? So it's a substance, and it's given by God. God made all the deposits in that account. I didn't make one single deposit in that account. He just did it because he loves me, because of his grace, unmerited favor. So it's given by God. So faith plus my words equals it's done, right? Yeah. We know that's the components of faith. That's how it works. Everybody agree? Yes. Nobody would argue that today, right? <laughs> but we must apply it. We're living in lack. We're living below our means. We're living below the means that God's... Now, what good would it do me if I had a million dollars in the bank, but I never swiped this card? I didn't pay my bills, and they kicked me out on the street. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? It's the same thing. It's the same difference. We hit the jackpot, babe, the day we got saved. The day we reconciled with God, you hit the Powerball. But if you don't cash in on it, it's no good. It's no good. We can live in poverty. We can live in lack. We can live in all these things. We can live in sickness. We can live in disease. We can die and go to heaven early. I'm not saying you're going to hell. You can die early and go to hell or go to heaven early. We can do these things if we don't collect on this, if we don't take these components of faith and apply them to our life. They have to be applied. Application is everything. <clears throat> you're responsible for your faith, though. I can't do it for you. You can't grow my faith for me, and I can't grow my faith for you. So if you don't have enough faith, is it God's fault? Is it my fault? You can say, Pastor, it's your fault. I don't have enough faith. You haven't preached on faith enough times. No, you've got to take it and apply it to your life. And I've got to take it and apply it to my life. We've got to learn how to talk, church. We know that there's 3,300 promises, over 3,300 promises in this book, and we know how to get it then. But what are we willing to do for it? Are you willing to put forth that effort, the time, make time? When we have to make, sometimes it's hard to do, but we've got to make time to do that thing. Are you willing to take correction? I've had somebody get mad at me before when I said, I won't pray the way you asked me to pray, but I'll pray this way. I'm not going to agree with me with you when you say something's killing you. I'm not going to do that. When you talk negative about your kids, I'm not going to agree with you in those things. Not going to do it. And some people get a little bit offended by that, that you won't agree with them. But will you take correction? When your words are shooting yourself in the foot, when you realize that what you're doing is wrong, would you change it? That's what I'm talking about. Are we, willing to, are we willing to take correction, right? Take discipline. It takes discipline to do this. We have to discipline ourselves. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. It's hard to change things, especially when we get a little older. We get set in our ways, right? Come on, some of you are older than me. One of you agree with me anyway. 
I don't think Jenny's older than me. And she said, yeah. So, so how bad do we want it, though? Right? We can wish for more. We can want more faith. We can wish for more faith. Or we can do something about it. We can train. We can read our Bible. We can study. We can have a relationship with God. When you first get in a relationship, when I first got in a relationship with my wife, I didn't know if I could trust her from Adam. I didn't know her from Adam, and I didn't know if I could trust her at all, right? But she showed up the first time we had a date, and the second time she showed up. And when she told me she would do something, she did it. You know how a relationship works? And, and, your, and, your, and your confidence in that person grows up and grows up and grows up. It's just like a relationship with God. When we have a relationship with God, when we see him do more and more and more of the things, he's, when he delivers on these promises time after time after time after time, and his timing is always perfect, we have confidence in that. Our faith grows. Our faith gets bigger. Are you following me? So we can train in that and have a relationship with that, and then we can talk about it. We can spread that thing. When, when we talk about it, what's it do? Goes into our ears, down into our heart, and what? Comes back out of my, I regurgitate. I regurgitate what's going into my ears. If you don't believe that, hang around some people that, that listen to secular music. Those songs get stuck in your head. Do they not? Yeah. Whatever you're listening to gets stuck in your mind and they start coming back out. You replay those things again. It, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I'm just telling you all of you all have had that experience. So, so we have to train to say the right things when we see the wrong things. right? When we get a bad report, when the light bill comes in and I don't have the money to pull my card out and swipe it, it's not quite there yet. I don't know how I'm going to do that thing, but I got to train to do the right thing, to say the right things when I see those circumstances happen. Well, I don't have the money in the bank yet, but I know that God's going to revive because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? Right? And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is not going to get the best of me. My God's going to provide everything according to his riches and glory. We speak like that instead of saying, oh, it's me. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have the money to pay the light bill this month. Our lights are going to get shut off. The furnace is going to be not, not work. The kids are going to freeze to death. You get what I'm saying? Yes. It's how we're talking. Combined with our faith. When you get a report from the doctor, you can get a bad report from the doctor. God uses people all the time. I mean, the enemy uses people all the time to hand out bad reports. You can get a report from the doctor. He can say, you got cancer. He can say, you got this. You got that. Let me tell you what. That doctor is only practicing medicine. I know the master physician. He's in control and he has the final say-so. My God does, I'm talking about. So we speak those things. By his stripes, I am healed. Right? You don't have a place here, Mr. Devil. I have authority over you and I command you to... We have authority over these things. Sometimes we just got to take control of what's going on in our life. Are you following me? So when we get a bad report from, from, from people around you, a lot of times people will say stuff about me and I'll just say... I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. I cast those words down in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Yeah. My God said that anything that judges against me, he's going to judge it false. Right. That's what he says in the book of Isaiah, doesn't he? Yes. Talk like that instead of agreeing with it. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. I, heard a, I heard a woman talking one time, and I'm not going to mention her name because she's related to me. But I heard her talking one time when she was looking at her son. She said, look at him. He's going to have a heart attack. Why in the world would you say that about your son? Why would you say that? Yeah. Speaking the so so think about this though. Last week, did your words help you out? Or did they get you in trouble? Think about that. What are you speaking on your life? How's your marriage going? How's your relationships going? If your marriage is going bad, what are you saying about it? If your kids are acting like heathens, what are you saying about them? If your health could be better, what are you speaking about it? Check out your finances. If you don't have enough to pull out your card and swipe it for whatever you want, 
What are you saying about that thing? We speak what, what we have, what we say we're going to have. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. Can I get a read about it this time? If this message spoke to you today, I'd ask you just to get a hold of God right now. Ask him to help you change. He will help you change. We can't change everything on our own anyway. We can't change very little on our own. We have to have that help from him. We have to have God. We have to rely on God. But he'll help us get this right. Ask him to convict you and convince you. When, you, when words come out of your mouth that shouldn't be there, when you're not spending the right amount of time with him, to convict you of this thing. And then discipline yourself to make it right. If we could just go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy. We love you, Lord, and we just praise you, mighty day. Lord, I pray that you would cause your words to sink into our heart, Lord, into good, rich, deep soil, Father God, that, they, that your words would take root, Lord, and that they would set a fire down inside of us, Lord, that we would not speak ill against our finances, against our spiritual life, against our children, against our spouses, Lord, against our coworkers, Lord, against anything or anyone around us, Father God, against the church, Father. Lord, we thank you for this, Dad. I pray that you would teach us how to say the right things when we see the wrong things, Father God. When the enemy comes against us with bad reports, Lord, that you would just cause us to realize that you have a standard of protection, Lord, and that you will rise up against that enemy, Father. As long as we're doing our part, Father, I thank you for this, Daddy. I thank you that your word's infallible, Lord, that it always works 100% of the time, Lord, as long as we work it, Daddy. We thank you for this, and we praise you for this, Father. Lord, I pray that you would just set a fire in us, Lord, and just... Uh, use this church, Lord, to be your army, Father God, to, uh, to reach outside the walls of this church, Lord, and so, see souls saved for your kingdom, Daddy. We pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. I pray that we keep us safe until, until Wednesday, Lord, and bring us back here with a guest, Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Father. Amen.